This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Glenn Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Timothy Hartfield from Jasper, Georgia, and you're listening to a special Horse Husbands Only edition of Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for August 25th, 2016, episode 1503. I am a manly man who lives a manly life in my manly house with my manly wife. And now, from the Man Cave at the Horse Radio Network, the monthly Horse Husbands episode starring Timothy Harfield of Horsehubby.com and America's Horse Husband, Glenn the Geek. This one is for you guys. No horse women allowed. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this Thursday morning in August. We appreciate you being here. Of course, it's the fourth Thursday of the month, which means it's Horse Husband episode, the one I look forward to. Hey, Timothy. Hey there, Glenn. It feels like it's been four weeks since last we talked. I probably Yeah, it does. Four hot weeks. Long hot weeks. Man, has it ever been. <laughs> Even in the mountains of Georgia? You know, it's still Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So it's hot and humid like here. Yeah, it's been fun. Well, we're glad. You know what? Summer's almost over. The kids are going back to school, uh, and everybody up north is going, winter's coming. And some people are liking that, and some are not. Well, now that winter's coming means, like, terrible snow monsters. Yes. Yes, and not and we, for us. We're all looking forward to eventually. Our 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 nice time is coming in the south here. We're looking forward in the fall and into winter is beautiful here. So can't wait for that to happen. We're heading to Colorado in a couple of weeks, and uh, it's supposed to be in the forties at night. We're going to freeze. <laughs> we're gonna, Jennifer's like, I'm packing long underwear, several coats, because <laughs> we're not used to forties at night. Should be fun. Well, we have a fun show planned for you today. We have Josh Autry joining us, and you might know him because he is the husband of Jenny Autry of Eventing Nation fame. He's stopping by, isn't he? He is. We're all we're all known as the husbands of our wives. Uh, and right. so the husband of Jenny Autry, who also has a name, which happens to be Josh, will be joining us today. Yeah, we're, we're taking a little bit of a switch on the roundtable today, and we're going to be talking to what it's like to be the husbands of, uh, you know, semi-famous people or very busy people like Jenny, who's traveling a lot, and like your wife's traveling right now. We'll talk about that in a minute, too. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting take on that in our little roundtable discussion today. Should be fun. Well, let's talk about Elisa. Elisa is in England right now preparing for Burley, right? Yes, she's in England. She's been joined by Simply Priceless Johnny. What's been really great. So Elisa was not fortunate enough to receive a grant from the USCF to go over. Yeah, to we raised money Burley, and donated, right? Which is which is what I was going to talk about. So what has been just fabulous to see is that came out and at least they didn't receive a grant and then her fans beat down her door not literally but her cyber door telling her you know to put up a gofundme it's not something that we had really talked about but we did as a result of this incessant badgering and <laughs> we're and we're really glad that we did because what it's done is it's it's allowed uh, a lot of elise's fans to give even just a little bit. And so it's been really great to see people even give $5, $20, whatever they can, just to show their support. And these are not donations, Glenn. Think of them as like micro-sponsorships. And they, they, they really add up. And so... Well, it, it makes us feel like we're part of our journey. Well, that's exactly right. Yeah. You know, and this is why it's not just like putting money into a sack and seeing it go away. You actually become a part of it. And, and uh, you know, it's been just really great to see the number of people that have come up alongside Elisa and are supporting her. Um, we also did a, um, uh, we auctioned off a saddle, which was the first saddle that Elisa uh, 
road at Rolex. And so that was successful. And Elisa has done a, a, a clinic put on by, by her good friend, Rebecca Bowman. And so we've been done a lot of sort of fundraising activities that have garnered a lot of public support. And it's just been really great to see the community rally around her and get excited about her, her story and her journey. So she's over there and I will be able to join her in about in, in Friday. Friday, I'll be over there. Terrific. Um, I didn't realize you were going over. That's fun. Yeah, I'm heading over. Uh, I was over at Blenheim last year, which was really great. And this year, I'll go over and I'll see a a different castle this time. Do they have castles over there? All all (laughs) I saw was like stables and and muck buckets. (laughs) You're going to take more time this time, right? Maybe there's more to England than that. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. So we'll have a chance to to spend some time uh, in the countryside. Absolutely. Cool. Well, that's neat. And is she uh, is she excited about it? How's she feeling? Oh, she's totally stoked. You know, yeah. she'll, so she's posting pictures. And is this a three star she's riding? This is the four star. Oh, it's a four star. Okay. So, uh, according to many experts, the Burley Horse Trials are so that there are like four. Everybody, correct me if five, I'm wrong. I think five four I think stars. Six. I, think. I think that there are six. Okay, so do what we know. <laughs> Uh, worldwide and of those six yeah by the way uh, don't take anything that horse husbands say as the truth or a a fact we just guess just saying i'm right 60 percent of the time (laughs) see you just you nor i know which 60 that's exactly right but we know we got some of that right (laughs) right so uh yeah so but arguably according to many experts including myself um, Burley is the most challenging four-star worldwide. Oh, I was cool. talking to um, our good friend Brian Rutledge, who strongly encouraged me to not walk the course to or take even <laughs> until Elisa had ridden it, oh. because I would be terrified. <laughs> and then people started posting, you know, video of the course, and uh, yeah, and I'm terrified. Like these jumps are. They're huge. They're and mad. Burley does a great job with their social media, so you can actually do a fly-through of the course if you want to. Yeah, they had some parkour yeah, yes. through there, which was just phenomenal to watch, uh, bracketing the fact that my wife is going to be hurling herself <laughs> her horse over these things uh, in a couple of weeks. you watch with one eye closed? Well, like I say, Len, we've talked about this. The fact that if I can put a camera between myself and the action then I can sort of distance myself psychologically. But there are times when even that's not enough. And I, you'll see sometimes if you watch the video, you'll see shaking uh, and that kind of stuff. It's because my adrenaline is pumping or my, I might be crying or <laughs> like, seriously. And, and it's just, it, it's, it can be really challenging to walk, watch um, partly because of sort of empathy and concern and partly just because of, uh, you know, you, one can't help but well up with pride to see one's most significant other, perform these fantastic feats with a horse um so with a really, horse that you've helped take care of and you know very well too you know that's that's the other thing it's not like she's riding a stranger to you as the husband oh johnny's right. a person right yeah he's, he's absolutely one a of your kids yeah well yeah yeah oh but as much time as we spend with them and taking care of them there are one of our kids there's no question about that but yeah, that's very cool. I'm so excited for you guys, and I'm so excited for Elisa, and I'm sure she'll have some great uh, blogs. Yeah, and especially, you know, it, it's hard for her when she's focused on all, the, all these other things to to do a lot of that kind of stuff, and internet is like an issue um, when you're traveling overseas, but as soon as I join her, I'm looking forward to getting tons of behind-the-scenes footage, uh, putting out some some video blogs, and, and sharing some of some of the action with the rest of the world. Very cool. Very cool. Well, we're, we're excited to hear about uh, what happens over there. You know, there's an article I wanted to talk about uh, that is on horsehubby.com, and it's written by one of your new authors. But I wanted to first mention, we had some listeners out here over the weekend who were down from up north. And she was so funny because we were showing them around, and we showed them the barn. Well, on the outside of the barn here in Florida, we hang all our implements on the outsides of the barns, the way it works here, because we kind of have shed rows. And, of course, all all of our manure forks are hanging there, and they're all equity forks. They're all the sh- we have a shaken fork and a couple of flexing forks, and we've been advertising these for years, right? So the listener walks in and goes, "Oh, you do use those forks." <laughs> 
It's like, like, yeah, we're not been, we haven't been lying about it for five years. We do use those forks. And she said, you don't have any others here? I said, nope, that's all we have. We have two flexing forks, which I've gathered over the last couple of years, and a shaken fork. And it's, you know, so we really do believe in the products that we talk about. Uh, you know, I don't recommend anything that I don't use myself. And, you know, we, we have proof. Now, that we had a listener come here and she will vouch for the fact that that's all we've got in the barn and we use them every day. I, you know, but don't trust us. We have other people that have talked about these and, and have given reviews on these as well. Let's take a listen. Let's hear from some other people about what they think. Here is Flex and Fork user Eric Bates, Pasifino owner from Kentucky, on their sturdiness. I've been using the Flex and Fork for all, almost a year now. I looked it up on the Internet as being a quality-made fork, and that's what I was looking for. I had already replaced two or three, you know, the manure forks that you would get at a farm supply store, and I wanted something of, of good quality that would last, and this this has just been more than I could ever ask for. With the shaken fork, you save time and money by just using this motorized fork every day. Here is Leslie from Horse Nation on how much bedding she is saving using the shaken fork. It really does. It, it um, helps you sift through, you know, so you're not throwing out as much. I think equity... Uh, uh, says that it, the forks um, probably save you a dollar a stall uh, per day in, in between bedding saved and labor, you know, uh, time you're saving, and, and I, I believe them for sure. Okay, you've heard them. It's not just Jamie and I saying this. What are you waiting for? Go to EquityMFG.com and get yours today. EquityMFG.com. You will thank us every single day. All right, let's talk real quick about this, and I want to read some of this. Uh, Who's Martin Hathaway? He seems to be a new writer for HorseHubby.com. Yeah, so Martin Hathaway is really a, a cool character. He's been blogging. Um, for the past couple of months, he's out of the UK. He's actually a forensic scientist um, uh, and engaged to a woman named Sam Lofthouse, who is the founder of um, a, new, a new company called Lofthouse Equestrian. So he he's really interesting because you get that sort of uh, English perspective on being a horse husband. And it's interesting also because there's such a strong parallel between the experience of horse husbands uh, overseas and horse husbands Yeah, they pretty much here. go through the same crap that we do, I'm determined. It's the same <laughs> stuff. It's really, really funny. <laughs> Let's read some of this. This one's called When the Wife's Away. He's written a couple of them, but this is When the Wife's Away. I don't know about your horsey partners, but Sam can be a bit of a whirlwind. Yep, they're all like that. Uh, she's more than happy to do things herself. I just tend to get in the way, but jobs will get done. And that is so true. Like, if I'm out, Jennifer let me clean the barn, but then she comes behind me and cleans it a second time because I don't do it good enough. Apparently, I don't get the pee spots correctly, and you know I take the wet stuff out, but I don't like push it all away, the bedding, and then sweep it up and take all the pee part out. I just take the main part out and cover it up, figuring that's good enough. Yeah, so I'm totally the worst because if I'm in a rush and I want to get through it or I just want a lease to be done, I will do like a half-assed job and I'll see that P-spot and I'll see that it could be done better, and but I'll like try to cover it up with some dry shaving. Yeah, because so it works it and fine. it doesn't smell when you cover it up. She finds them. I know. Jennifer does too. How do they do that? They catch I get caught every time. I yeah. do too. And and then, but she, now Jennifer has given up because we've been married a long time now. So Jennifer has given up trying to correct me about it and get me to do it better. Now she, when I'm not looking, she just goes in and cleans it up herself and then I'll come around the corner and she'll be there cleaning it a second time. The uh, best but, way to get out of doing a job is, is to do it once so badly that you're never asked to do it ever again. We talked about this, Glenn, yes, in, in the real life. In the rest of your life, this is a trick that works. In business, like in any sort of community organization, absolutely. Do a terrible job and nobody will ask you to ever do it again. But as a horse husband, 
Not so much. Nope, they're going to try and teach you how to do it right. <laughs> You're going to keep doing it till you do it right, damn it. Tenacity is something <laughs> that all horsewomen share as a virtue. Uh, he, uh, he goes on, Now I don't mind coming down to the barn and giving a helping hand, anything to get done a bit quicker, especially if we need to be anywhere on time. That is so true. I used to go out to the barn, and I didn't tell her this, but I think she kind of figured it out. If we had to be at dinner with somebody that night, and this is mostly when we had 25 horses like you do in the barn. And we, you know, I knew that if she was out there by herself, we were not getting there on time. So I would go out and help as best I could to try and get her the heck out of the barn on time. And even that doesn't work. Then they find five other things to do that they weren't planning on doing, but because you were helping, now they can do those things. It's like we're still not out of the barn on time. Never on time. Never. Never. (laughs) I don't think it's happened once. Never. (laughs) But horses... Now, did you go back? Have you gone to telling her half an hour early yet? I do that. I've always done that. I just tell her we need to be there half an hour earlier than we really do. And then it became a joke that Glenn always gets to places early. When I I never tell her that I did that because we were always late. And this way, now we get there almost on time. Have you tried that yet? I, I don't know that that half an hour buffer would work. I'll try it, though. You need an hour? <laughs> yeah. Not half an hour is not long enough for Elisa. Um, so this is what he says. But horses are Sam's hobby. I'm pretty sure she wouldn't want me there every evening, mainly because there wouldn't be as much chatting, and I may end up learning how much money is actually spent on the horses and just and not just do what I'm told. So yeah, when she, Martin has the great luxury of having distance between himself and the horse. Yes, they are in his backyard. You live with your horses. Yeah, I live with my horses. There, there's there's no hiding. No. It's all there. It's all there. So when she heads out to the go to her other home, I get into the house myself a bit of quiet time. This is a brief list of how I'd like to spend my free time. And he goes on, despite not being in the house, I still manage to get a list of jobs to do. Either quickly shout it to me as she's flying out the door or making her or making her way out the door. So yeah, you know, we do get those and usually when we had a lot of horses it was anything to do in the house. In other words, if if the bathroom needed cleaned, if it needed swept, yeah, you know, at at one point I just gave up on her helping at all in the house and I just did it because if I had needed to eat or I needed a clean house, it wasn't going to happen unless I just did it. So I just wouldn't even question it anymore. No. Although what I've noticed about myself is that when Elisa's here, I'm in I, the house is always in like perfect order. But the minute she leaves, I revert back to like bachelor days. <laughs> but I wasn't even this disgusting when I was a bachelor. It's just like Well, I, how long has she been going? A week now? Is the, the dishes piled up in the sink it, and there's laundry everywhere? Up, embarrassing like i don't want to have people over to the house like it's just totally disgusting i clean it up so that when she comes home it looks like nothing's ever changed it's like totally neat and tidy but no when when elisa's gone any jobs just go out the window and i just i pretend like the rest of the house doesn't exist i have my office and it's awesome but the rest of the house just goes to hell (laughs) <laughs> he goes on to talk about beer that he, he would run around getting his chores done as quickly as possible so he could reward himself with the beer uh i don't know why you have to wait till you're done but, uh, we, we, <laughs> we posted a similar post to this about a year ago and that seems to be a universal when the wife's away beer comes out <laughs> yes not that we drink by ourselves or anything. And then there's sports, uh, you know, watching sports. You know, I, I'm not a huge sports guy, but I, but I tell you what I do do when, when she, and I enjoy this for a day or two, is when she leaves and I get a day or two and I can just hang out. Uh, I love binging on the TV shows she doesn't like watching with me. So then I can finally get to watch them on Netflix or whatever. And then I what binge. Are what are those? You ought to try it. It's really nice. What 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 are, what are the the what are the Glenn the Geek? Oh, you know, Orange is the New Black is one of my uh, my biggies, and I I I binged on that every season it's come out. I don't know why I like that show, but I do. Um, you know, there's just there's a bunch of them. I like Blacklist. Uh, I'm a big Blacklist guy. As a matter of fact, I even listen to the Blacklist podcast. Uh, so 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 I'm I'm big on that. Do you have but any? These are not family viewing. You don't just sit down and 
watch as a couple no she doesn't like you know she likes more comedies she's she's yeah. tired of blood and gut shows because that's all that seems to be on anymore yeah, and cop shows and blood and gut shows all it seems to be on anymore. And uh, so she'll, she, she, you know, we do the we do the uh, America's Got Talent together and those kind. Right. Uh, but uh, meanwhile, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm so not tired of blood and gut shows because <laughs> I don't get to watch them ever because Alisa would not would, would rather. Oh, not. she's the same as Jennifer. Absolutely. So oh, when really? Alisa leaves, I am all blood and guts all the time. Wait, so what are your blood and guts choices? I well, anything that involves a superhero, and I know that like most superhero shows are just terrible and they really are but i love them anyway so like on netflix you've got like the flash you've got like green arrow and you've got like all of those crazy did you try marco polo i haven't yet oh you need to do marco polo not only do you have to get the blood and guts but you get naked women the whole time it's perfect Oh, we had this conversation about Game of Thrones because I was trying to get Elisa to watch Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I watched most Never. of it, and then finally Lisa got back in, and like, and we watched it together because she really enjoyed it, and I had to wait for it to catch up. But we're two episodes in, and she's like, you know what, this, this show is really rapey. Yeah, I never and, got into that show. That was almost too much violence for me. I said, no, honey, it's not so bad. And then we watched it together. I'm like, nah. yeah, it's actually pretty rapey. <laughs> <laughs> like, but when you see it, through, when you watch it through the lens of your wife, <laughs> the yeah. show takes on a whole new like yeah, you see, yeah well don't watch did. marco polo together either <laughs> <laughs> and then video games speaking of blood and, blood and guts yes and but th- this came up in in the previous post as well and and as came up in a conversation um uh as part of the uh the horse husbands group on facebook as well the fact that the wife leaves and we're all closeted gamers and we pick up the whatever it is, and we play the thingma thing. Well, we, I used to play Battlefield all the time when it first came out, and uh, w- uh, every Thursday night, we'd play with all my brothers and, and nephews. We'd get together, like five or six of us from all around the country, we'd play every Thursday night for hours. It was just nothing better than killing your family every Thursday night. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> That's so sweet. <laughs> um, but then, you know, that game sort of went away, and I, I really haven't... I, I used to be a big bi- ga- gamer, but now I hear Battlefield's coming out with the World War One edition, so it'll be back to big gaming again. Jennifer's going to not see me on Thursday nights anymore. And then how does your sleep change? This is the last uh, observation that our friend Martin has made, is that he ends up... Uh, uh, Taking naps, naps. yeah. Do you take a lot of naps when... No, because when she's not gone, I got all the work to do. Oh, it doesn't tucker you out? It does, but I have to get all the work done because she's gone. So I don't know how that happens. But especially when we had a lot of horses, then it was like 10 times the amount of work. I was like, oh, man. You know, and it's it, she always says this when I go away, too. She said, the first couple of days are great. I get to spread out in bed and all that stuff. And then she says, after that, I want you back home. It's too quiet in the house. And that's the way I am with her. You know, first couple of days are good. I can do whatever day I want. You know, it's all just me and Glory the dog. But then it's like, okay, it's too quiet here. She can come home now. <laughs> right. It gets old. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You, you. She goes away for a long time with you. Yeah, ships passing the night. We're looking forward to uh, to September. But so this this has been a really great post by Martin. He's got a lot, and and he's uh, uh, we're sort of syndicating his blog posts on horsehobby.com. And so if you'd like to check out what uh, what we're talking about here, as well as several other posts by Martin and others, you know, uh, come and visit uh, horsehobby.com and check them out. All right, let's get our our guest into this conversation. Let's add uh, the husband of Jenny Autry, of course, uh, the editor-in-chief over at Eventing Nation and an eventer herself, uh, Josh Autry. You've heard him if you listen to any of our shows from Rolex. He was on there with us, and he's going to join us to for our roundtable discussion tonight. Hey, well, hey there, Josh. Good to have you on the show. Pleasure to be here. So you are the famous husband of Jenny Autry. Infamous. You are already <laughs> exaggerating. It's what we do. And we're allowed because nobody listens to the show. except Yeah, us. nobody we, listens to this. We've already established that we all tell the truth at least 60% of the time. So uh, we're, we're totally covered with whatever we say here. So um, I'm glad that you're on the show. And it, the timing is really excellent because we're just coming off the Olympics in Rio. And... Jenny was there. This is true. This is not an exaggeration. This is this the is, first fact 
actual part of this podcast. <laughs> Good. So that's one thing <laughs> so far. Um, but, you know, really interested to sort of hear your perspective on what it was like. Did you go with Jenny, by the way? I did not. No. Right. Oh, so, uh, she was in the official media housing. And, and if I went, either one, we would have had to stay somewhere separately, or two, I would have been just like sort of on my own. So that was one factor. Uh, the uh, the other factor was, uh, well, and, and with that was obviously the safety concerns. And, and so the idea of her being in the official housing was important to us. And, and the second is, you know, if when I go to shows with her, she doesn't always have like a lot of social time necessarily. So, you know, if she's working like a 16, 18 hour day, it's not really like we're exploring whatever exotic location she happens to be in. So generally speaking, I only go to local events that she goes to. Uh, or if I go to a venue that's far away that she heads to, like we'll like tag on like a few days before or after. Uh, but with Rio, just because it's so expensive to get there and it would be so expensive for me to stay there, the idea of us doing that and then adding on like a weekend before or a few days before or after, it just didn't seem practical. So I, I did not tag along this time. Did you have any conversations about whether or not Jenny would go at all? It was never really a question that she was going to go. So no, those, those conversations never happened. There were definitely, you know, concerns. I mean, doing the Olympics in a developing nation is both ambitious and terrifying. And, and so, you know, there... There's definitely political instability there. I mean, you're seeing that in the news even today. And, and so there's violence and that kind of stuff. But there was always more in a context of, of how do we ensure safety as opposed to whether or not to go. Was Zika a concern? I mean, she's at childbearing age, so you know that's something to think <laughs> about, right? Hello, wife of childbearing age. <laughs> well, it's a little different if my wife and I are going. We're not having kids at 55, you know? How, how are those hips? Uh, but no, not really just because that's not the place we're at in our lives. Uh, because we're not trying for kids, it wasn't really a impediment. I mean, they, they say, it, they basically straight up said, don't come to Rio if you may get pregnant in the next 24 months. Oh, wow. So, like, if we were thinking about having kids this year or next year, they just said, like, don't come. And it seems unlikely that we're going to just jump into that, let's have, you know, triplets in the next 12 months or so. And now we basically had to make a decision since she was going to Rio that we're not. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, we're not trying for kids. And, and right now, uh, you know, with her career and everything, uh, it just wouldn't make sense for us. So Zika wasn't concerned on that front. Uh, but that said, it's still a concern. I mean, you know, it's it still has effects for adults that get it. And it is both blood and sexually transmitted, as we've learned over the last few months. So it's been a common uh, subject of conversation uh, between us uh, just as things get up to the Olympics. And, and as you both got you know, reports that it's no big deal and it's the biggest deal you know, almost every day, uh, depending on you know which news feed you were, you were listening looking to. at, yeah, right, and, and so you you have to know what to accept out of those things. I mean, whether you take it with a grain of salt on both ends, you know, people trying to downplay it, people trying to build it up, and you know, it's it, normally things are somewhere in the middle. And, and the reality is, you know, I, I looked at, I, I mean, I did actually read these studies and things and I th and I believe Jenny did as well and, and I think like worst case scenario they were looking at like a few people per million would get it so that was like their worst case scenario. so she didn't have to bathe in fly spray before she went out like in a no, tub of fly they, spray 
basically crop dusted every night. I mean, so she would she sent me the Snapchat on the first night wow. of the trucks going around, and it it, it looks just like I'm. I mean, if you're ever around farms, uh, you've got a cowboy hat on in your picture that I'm seeing here. Uh, you know, you see the planes, the crop dust, like that level of just like white fumes coming out of the back of the trucks. They did that like every night there. I mean, Wait. to try and kill the mosquitoes. And this isn't even mosquito season for them because this is their winter. So this is low. Well, they're doing that same thing in southern Florida right now. I mean, if she comes down to Wellington, it's going to be the same concern. You know, here and well, now they're saying there's cases in Tampa too, so it's spreading. Right, uh, Miami's been a big issue lately. Although they claimed this uh, contained in one community, but you never really know. And we're going to a wedding in uh, October. Our, our best friends are getting married in Key West. They chose a destination wedding, uh, you know, a long time ago. But now they have people legitimately saying we're not coming to your wedding because of Zika. Hmm. Yeah, this was a, a, a major concern, not so much for Elise and, and me, because very similar to you, Josh and Jenny, um, uh, you know, we're not planning to have kids in the next 24 months. But as it was possible that Elisa would be heading to Rio as part of the Olympic team, or, or at least as a traveling alternate, every conversation I had with my parents revolved around <laughs> Zika. Netflix. Right. Well, yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. And so I, I could, you, you, you felt like a strong sense of support on the one hand, like, and my par- my parents were clearly torn because on the one hand they want to be supportive, they want Elisa to go to the Olympics, they want her to be successful and to achieve all of her dreams and this kind of stuff. But on the other hand, you know that my parents were praying each night that she did not make that team so that she would not be exposed to Zika. And like that's not even a hyperbole. Like I know for a fact my parents were doing that. So like it was really it, it, it was a tough situation for a lot of athletes and a lot of athletes ended right. up making that really difficult decision despite the fact that they were named to the Olympic uh team, right? To, well, it, to and it was crazy. Crazy uh, because you know, like the athletes' village, and you never know how much of this is truth and rumor. Yeah, you know, but the rumor is that it's like a party every year, you know. And, and so, they yeah, did they hand her her forty condoms when she went in? Did the media yeah. get those too? Yeah. So for and, and so they treated them the same. Although the media village <laughs> is is much more about like where can we open this bottle of wine and where do we get the to, best internet? Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but the. You know, the the rumor is that the Athletes Village is a party. And, and so they were giving out uh, porn subscriptions and <laughs> uh, and condoms, you know, like official IOC condoms uh, to, to people because they were like, one, use porn, don't have sex because of Zika. Two, just in case you do have sex, uh, here's some condoms. And <laughs> I don't know how effective or not effective that method uh, methodology was or plan what planning was for the Olympics. Uh, but nonetheless, that was the uh, that was the message. Like once you arrive in Rio, here's your uh, ID. Here's how you get around. Oh, also here's how you have sex or don't have sex. You know, it's so weird. What a virtuous event <laughs> the Olympics is. That's incredible. Uh, so that was one safety concern. But then, you know, I was sort of following Jenny on Facebook and, and I, I saw she said things like, oh, people were saying that there was all this sort of risk and it was so dangerous. I don't feel I've never felt safer in my life, blah, blah, blah. And then the next post was like, oh, and this bullet just flew through the tent. <laughs> so how did you feel when you heard about that? <laughs> Well, yeah, there was a series of issues, uh, but initially they were fairly spaced out. So, you know, like the first week you hear stories of people got mugged, but they were in a bad neighborhood. They shouldn't have done that anyway. It was sort of dumb of them. Uh, Like I think there were some Swedish tourists that wanted to take pictures of the slums. And basically these people like kidnapped them smashed their cameras and then released them again. You yeah, know? don't don't do that. <laughs> like, right. Like we don't know tourists. what you took don't a picture of, but we don't <laughs> want people taking a picture of us. Uh you can leave but we're destroying your cameras kind of thing. Uh, and so that's like the not that big a deal cuz you know that was sort of a dumb tourist thing to do. And, and then you hear stories of people getting robbed, but again, you know they're in bad neighborhoods. Uh 
but then during the Olympics, you know, you start hearing people like having stuff stolen uh, on the buses, you know, like the buses Jenny was taking, like the media buses, like camera equipment, things like that. That's a concern. And then on Saturday, you had a bullet fall through the roof of the equestrian media tent. And Jenny was actually not in the tent at the time. She was actually in the uh, uh, arena, you know, where they were doing the dressage during the lunch break. It was during the lunch break that day. But nonetheless, that was sort of an issue. Uh, you know, the official story was that the police thought someone had shot at a blimp because the police were using the blimp to not only cover the Olympics, but also to keep an eye on things, but also to spy on the local neighborhood where thing where illicit activity may or may not have been going on, and people who were involved in such activity or not involved didn't like the idea of police spy cameras being attached to blimps, and so uh, you know I guess somebody was trying to shoot it down, and then there was not really any story. From uh, Saturday to Tuesday. So we were able to move on from that. Like, all right, we're fine. Uh, That was sort of isolated. Plus, at the same time, it wasn't like that much of a risk to people on the ground. Because someone like shot in the air and a bullet slowly fell down uh, to the ground kind of thing. But her last... (laughs) As slowly as bullets fall to the ground. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think it right, hurt exactly. much. Uh, uh, I'm giving so you a headache. The last 24 hours was just sort of nuts for us. So Tuesday night, she flies back Wednesday night. It's an overnight flight. It's a it's a really long flight. I, uh, you know, geographically, I had forgotten that Rio is like the southern tip of Brazil, and Brazil spans a lot of South America. So you're basically flying from like where the I guess the bottom third to the middle third of South America would meet to North America. You know, it's, it's a long, long flight. And, uh, but anyway, so the flight there and the flight back, they're both uh, red-eye flights. So she has a Wednesday night flight back here, and, it's, and she arrives here Thursday morning. And Tuesday is when her eventing wraps up. So she's going to you know, basically have the day on Wednesday to mull around, maybe see some sights, maybe not. And she wakes up on Tuesday. I wake up on Tuesday and the news is that a media bus was attacked on Tuesday night and it was a bus that she had taken before. So it was coming back from, I can't believe, remember if it, I I think it was a basketball game and the windows were shattered. Like everybody on the media, bus got in the ground like screamed at the bus driver to just keep driving uh, and eventually you know police arrived I didn't hear that story well that that's part of my issue as a husband I, I was very concerned with the lack of reporting on uh, security incidents not that we should overhype things but I think we should give an on honest portrayal and i i was very at throughout this 24 hours i'm about to describe to you i was very upset at what i saw as just a let's pretend nothing is going on uh, because the olympics are perfect scenario uh, so an, a media bus gets attacked windows are shattered the uh official police story is that uh, it was rocks that broke through the windows, although everyone on the bus basically says it was gunshots, and including one retired Air Force uh, veteran, naturally, this <laughs> is a veteran retired, uh, who's a member of the media, who's a basketball reporter, who takes a picture of what looks like a bullet hole, <laughs> and also says... I know what gunfire sounds like. These were shots. And and so anyway, you have conflicting reports, but nonetheless, you had a media bus attacked that is a route that Jenny took twice. Um, Then the next, so that's Tuesday night. That's what we wake up to on Wednesday. Then on Wednesday, there's 
three police officers that are driving, and I don't know where they were going to or from, but following the GPS on their phone, they're sent on the wrong exit. And, and basically, this wrong exit is into slums, uh, and they're ambushed and fired upon, and one of the officers is shot in the head and killed. Uh, and this was on the way to the airport, which is where Jenny is going on Wednesday. So this is like a lot. And then there is a shootout with, let's go back to Saturday. So they the, the alleged shooter from Saturday that fired at the blimp, uh, they go to apprehend him on Wednesday. And there's a firefight that results in a bullet going through the stables of the equestrian. I did read that. I read that was a firefight. It was a ways away. The the bullet had traveled a mile or two by that point. Um, A lot of slow-moving bullets. (laughs) Yes, slow-moving bullets. It doesn't make me feel any better. It's going through walls. It just gave her a headache. Uh, So, but nonetheless, you know, so Wednesday morning, we are both just like... (laughs) Get on the other side of security and spend the day in the airport. You know, like we were feeling fine until that point, both me and her. You know, we were able to, you know, sort of not be too worried about the bullet on Saturday because it was a shot in the air, it fell through, whatever. The, you know, we were sort of buying. You know what? To be fair, though we're not going to do that in any city in this country. You're not going to go driving through neighborhoods you shouldn't be driving through. Uh, that is true. I mean, uh, right? Isn't it the uh, same thing, really? There are certain parts of Chicago you don't want to go driving through. Right, and, and yeah. police officer killings are not uncommon in, this U- yeah. in the U.S. either. Right. Uh, <laughs> Unfortunately, know, so. right? But we're no, so absolutely. used to living in the country. I, I, I represent police officers, and yeah. you know it's uh, the media climate isn't the best for them right now. But I mean, the reality is, uh, you know, every day they're concerned uh, because you have police killings on a regular basis in this country, and you know, so that is not something unique to the developing world. And obviously, I, I can't even speak to what the statistics are. Right. Uh, but nonetheless, you well, know... And for those that don't know, you're an attorney, correct? Yes, I, yeah. I, I'm a lawyer. I, and I've run the gambit. You know, I, I've done criminal defense. I've uh, done personal injury, represented, uh, hey, if you're hurt, let me help you. I'll sue somebody. And, and now I represent uh, police officers that get sued and help them defend themselves uh, in actions where someone says... Uh, I was wrongfully arrested or this, that, or the other. Uh, and so uh, I've done a little bit of everything litigation-wise. But yes, I mean, these are legitim- those are legitimate concerns for our officers here in the U.S. And, I mean, you see the news stories. Uh, and so the officer safety has been a, a serious issue here in the last few months in particular. Well, let, oh, let's uh, let's get off the serious topic here and go yes. back to this. We were talking earlier in the show about what we do when our horse uh, wives go away, and you know we were talking about uh, you know do we clean the house? Uh, do we play video games nonstop? What TV shows we watch? We binge watch when they're away. So, what's your routine when she disappears for a week? You know, I, I've gone through different phases. So, like, at one point in time, I tried to get into golf. Uh, you That's know, the that, most frustrating damn game in the world. I'm apologizing to all the golfers, but I played it for years, <laughs> and I sucked every year I played it. <laughs> I was never oh. good. I was always terrible. Oh. Uh, and, and I don't rule that out in the future. You know, I feel Yeah, like but you get done with 18 I've, holes. I would get done with yeah. 18 holes, and I'd be frustrated and angry. Right. And I'm like, why did I just spend $50 and four hours of my life to get done and be frustrated and angry? I just <laughs> it was like... Uh, I've gone through uh, poker phases. You know, there we have a casino not too far from here. I've uh, I've done that. I, I enjoy Texas Hold'em, and I consider myself quite decent at it. Although I'm a, I'm not a social player, so you know I am a conservative. Wait till the hand hits me, kind of thing. So you know I'll play 
like seven, eight hours till I get the right hand kind of kind of style. So I, I've done that before. Uh, I normally work longer hours. So, you know, when uh, I, I have a legitimate amount of control over my work schedule. And so if Jenny's going to be gone a couple weeks um, or not normally not weeks, but a couple weekends out of the month, you know, I'll plan my workload so that I, you know, am home a little bit earlier when she's here and then stay later when she's gone. You know, and I and I try to do that. I sleep in more though when she's gone. So uh, to try and be home around like six ish when she's here, I'm actually an early riser. I, I get up, uh, you know, normally six, sometimes earlier, to be the first one in the office so that I can leave the office at five. Uh, but when she's gone, you know, a lot of times I'll sleep until uh, eight ish or so, and then stay in the office until uh, eight or nine. Uh, so, you know, I, my, my hour structure fluctuate a lot. And if there's a good game out, I'll play a good video game, you know? So you had mentioned video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have the 360, and, you know, I'm... Uh, so what's your game of choice? My favorite game series of all time, and this isn't even close, uh, and, you know, I, I don't know what your podcast is rated... Um, mature or uh, for children is I, I love Grand Theft Auto with a passion. Like I am, it, that is my guilty pleasure. Uh, I just you ever played that, Timothy? I've never played it. I it's on my list of things to try. Like for you, Josh, it sounds like bringing your work home <laughs> with you. <laughs> well, it, yeah, that's when true. I didn't think about it, that. <laughs> when when you play it religiously, uh, you know when it comes out. You, you find yourself having bad thoughts, you know, like you'll be at an intersection, you'll be like, oh, I could just cut the corner over that curb and I'd be fine. Uh, so, you know, it's not, you don't get any life skills out of it, certainly. <laughs> There's no, you don't want, necessarily. Earlier, uh, Glenn and I were talking about, or I confessed, basically, that when Elisa leaves, the house goes to hell. And it's just it's a disaster. But part of that is a symptom of the fact that, like you, Josh, when Elise is away, my hours, my work hours are radically extended. And I will end up just working, um, uh, not necessarily because I have to, but because I I enjoy it. And it's right. it, very similar to um, when I'm away uh, 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 for for business and for other things. Alisa will be in the barn until 11 or 12 at night. You know why? Because she enjoys it. So it's right. uh, when we're both together, then we prioritize and we make sure that we're in by a reasonable hour so that we can eat together and, you right. know, that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, uh, it, it, it is nice, though, to have that sort of waning, waxing and waning, that sort of together in away time, because it does provide, I feel, for, for myself and for Alisa, opportunity to spend sort of committed time dedicated to time right. together but also that sort of solitary focused time on what really is truly passionate for you in other areas of your life including right. video games by the way well I- exactly and you know it's nice when she's here and you know i think she does the same thing with the barn you know she'll try and like leave the barn at a reasonable time so that we can get back and eat dinner and binge watch whatever show we're currently on kind of thing <laughs> And then when she's when I'm gone, you know, she'll stay later. I mean, she's currently stabling with Dom and Jimmy Schramm, which are great, great people, you know, and she's certainly inclined to spend plenty of time with them as opposed to alone at the house if I'm away. Uh, and uh, and also with her horse, Mia, who's uh, doing quite well right now. So it, what, uh, we were talking earlier that uh, Elisa and Jennifer, my wife, seem to be into comedies and not so much into police and blood and guts. Uh, are, are you? Do you have separate shows that you watch because she's not into it? Well, she won't watch anything that's horror. Uh, suspense, she'll do. So the the category of things that I'll watch when she's gone is pretty narrow because I'm not that big of a horror buff but like if something comes out that's like supposed to be fantastic but it's a horror movie like I'll watch it when she's gone uh, but we 
but she has like categories that she watches that I'm not that into. Like, uh, you know, she watches the uh, the Real Housewives. No, for the Jenny for for the train wreck effect. Uh-huh. So that's what they uh, say. As she says it, <laughs> and she'll, you know, it makes her feel better about her own don't life. Don't tell me she watches The Bachelor. Please don't tell me she, she doesn't. Okay. No, no, no. Okay. She she watches The Real Housewives actually for the reason that I can't watch it. So she watches it for like the the cat fights because it makes her feel better about herself and her own relationships. <laughs> uh, whereas like for me, like all the nonsense, like bantering and fighting over nothing on, on shows like that is like nails on a chalkboard uh, but fortunately uh, if, if she feels like she has to have a Real Housewives fix and we are together and she can't wait until I'm gone for something uh, I can always port the Xbox to my laptop because <laughs> I use Windows and, and Microsoft connects the two and so I can play uh play on my laptop but but generally speaking we agree on shows you know so we're we're big game of thrones people uh, well that's you know, kind of watch- blood and guts yeah it is yeah. And uh, and she <laughs> says excitedly, "Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is." Hey, exactly. have either one uh, of you gotten into Mister Robot at all? No, we haven't. Uh, but we haven't really given it a chance either. I'll tell you, you know? what i I started it the first episode, and then I quit. And then I went back to it, and I said, "I'm going to get through the first two episodes." And then I got hooked. And I, it is a freakiest show. You, you almost need Cliff Notes to. It's the first one actually that I started listening to a podcast about the show, so I could kind of figure out what the hell was going on. Um, because it is a acid trip. You really I mean, should if you be need on Cliff Notes. <laughs> uh, you really should be on drugs to watch it. It would probably help. Um, it's it's just something else. Although you know, and, and I haven't watched the show at all, uh, but I've heard season two is less. Well, than... no, it was less until last week's episode. Okay, which all was right. the best episode of the series, and it kind of put all the pieces together. The problem with some of these really deep you know, thinking shows and really out there thinking shows is that they take a long freaking time to set it up. So you'll be six, seven episodes into that big reveal, and then you kind of all fits together and you go, then you know why, but you got to get through those six or seven episodes to get to that reveal. That makes uh, sense. Uh, yeah. We just did uh, Stranger Things on Netflix. Oh, how was that? Uh, it, it was good. And, and actually, I'll say... You know, I wouldn't put it in like the epic category. I put it in like the seven or eight out of ten. Like it's definitely entertaining. Uh, but one thing I will say for it is, it's mostly child actors, and they are phenomenal. Like, I, I'm hard pressed to think of a show where, where child acting has been anywhere near this caliber. Uh, but the second is, it gives you pieces of the mystery regularly so So, i so you're not five or six episodes in frustrated like i was right and i think they can be frustrating i mean one of the reasons like i gave up on lost because it took so long to get anything back as far as like figuring out what's going on and i just just like ah it's not worth it i'm not gonna spend 30 hours of my life to get a clue you know uh but at the same time, you know, I feel like a show needs to give you a somewhat regular intervals of like pieces of info, exactly. so that at least you feel like your watching is worthwhile. Uh, and and I will say, Stranger Things does a good job of that. I feel like in every single episode, you got something uh, more that you didn't know in the previous episode. It wasn't just. Oh, here's a little bit more about the character. Like you are actually finding out more about the mystery. Were you guys? So what I'm hearing is that Alisa needs to stay away longer than even planned because I have some serious binge watching. You have some catching up to do. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm taking notes. You, Marco Polo. Show. You have to do Marco Polo this because robot Stranger yeah, Things. Yeah, Marco Polo. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're we're really excited because we're very big uh, uh, Shameless fans. And it's and it normally starts in January, but this year it's starting, I think, in September. So that's our, our that that's sort of a comedy that we like on uh, Showtime. Uh, but it's, it's about just a gutter level family that's scraping by, uh, but 
will do anything to get by kind of thing. Uh, so it, it's a it's a fun show if you've never watched it. You know what else is coming back beginning of next year is Twin Peaks. I, you guys might be too young to even remember that, but. Uh, for us, oh, old, I am. yeah, twenty-five years ago, Twin Peaks was on, and it was kind of a Mister Robot type. I could put those two kind of spaced out there, and you almost needed acid to understand what was going on. But Jennifer and I loved Twin Peaks because it was so different for the time. Now there's a ton of shows like it, but they got the same cast. And what was interesting about Twin Peaks is in the last episode, one of the characters said, "I'll see you in twenty-five years," and it's oh. tw- it's twenty-five years to the day it's going to come out. Wow. So, well, and, and actually, Glenn, you you might appreciate this about Stranger Things is the entire show is a throwback to uh, a sort of the '80s sci-fi movies and shows. I have to check that so, out. So it's shot in that way. So you have like the sort of like cheesy fog in the forest kind of thing. You've got the 80s music in the background. Perfect. Uh, My time. You know, it's very <laughs> Stephen Kingish, and it's done that way intentionally. So it, it very much is a, an 80s throwback. So I appreciated that nostalgia a little bit, but I was born in 83, so I was yeah. like six and a half when the 80s ended. So, you know, I saw some 80s stuff in the 90s, but I didn't grow up on it necessarily. You know, I very much grew up on, you know, the early to mid nineties. Uh, but if you, you know, appreciated any of that, those like million Stephen King movies that came out in the eighties, like, I think you'll like this a lot. I graduated, because very, I graduated high school in 80. So that's, hey, that's, well, there you go. So, uh, <laughs> I, you I think you very much, uh, may appreciate I'll check that out. This. And all the ho- horse women that are listening that aren't supposed to be, because we tell them not to, um, are going, they haven't talked about horses in 10 minutes. No, they all tuned out. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, now, up for it. and guess and, and what, and ladies? Stuff, now this that is, all gone. This is what we talk about <laughs> when you're not around. <laughs> hey, I mentioned Mia. I mentioned Jenny's horse. Yes, you did. In, in passing. Yeah, you did. <laughs> well, is she gone? <laughs> We're about running out of time here, guys. You know, thank you so much for joining us again. We always appreciate when you take That's time, Josh, to join us. Uh, it, it's always fun. And, and you know, it is fun to sit around. It, for me, because I, you know, I do a lot of these shows every month. And it, for me, it's fun to just sit around with a couple of guys and talk about what we normally talk about. <laughs> you know, food, uh, alcohol, and TV. Uh, and, oh, and we didn't games. get to talk about the Wobbly Pops, though. What are the wobbly pops? <laughs> wobbly That's pop. what Tim called my beer in uh, when we were in Kentucky. Wobbly it, pops? Is, is that a Canadian expression, or is it just like a? Did I just fabricate that? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. We actually wobbly, <laughs> wobbly pops. I never heard that before. Yeah, I had never heard it before then, and I've never heard it since. <laughs> Tim was drunk making things up. <laughs> well, it's like 10 stuff. in the morning, so... I hope well, now we know how Tim gets through events <laughs> with Elisa. <laughs> we were talking about how he does it, how he watches cross-country when she's doing all those big jumps. He gets drunk. That's how he does it. He's just like... Is there any other way to watch cross-country? <laughs> I don't think I can handle it. <laughs> Well, I tell you what, thank you so much, Josh, for uh, being on today. We really appreciate it. Of course, you can find, like I have to tell anybody this, uh, you can find your wife's website at eventingnation.com. And I just got confirmation from her today that uh, Eventing Nation is going to do the last hour again of the Radiothon on November 28th. Oh, wonderful. Like last year, and it was a riot. I mean, that was the best hour of the day for sure so we're glad that her and jenny or her and uh, leslie are going to be from horse nation are going to be hosting that hour and uh, we'll end our 12-hour live marathon that day so you can look forward to that again and i'm sure they'll have some interesting guests lined up well yeah i know last time they had at least dom and jimmy schramm and they Didn't and, boyd and show i remember up? jenny loved doing it didn't Boyd show up too? I think Boyd showed uh, I up. I think he did. Yeah, it was a riot. I mean, those. I, well, partly because Le- Leslie and Jenny by that hour of the night were drunk, so I had something <laughs> to do. <laughs> like clockwork, right? <laughs> but it, they might have had some wine, I think, a little bit. But it was fun. It was a blast, and the whole radiothon was a blast. And we're looking forward to doing that again this year. So uh, we appreciate you letting us have her on the Cyber Monday. Oh, of course. 
And uh, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us in another Horse Husbands episode. Timothy has to get packed. He has to clean the house and get packed because he's going to England. I'm just going to grab my... Uh my shaken fork <laughs> and bring it inside the house and just <laughs> just muck the whole thing just muck the house <laughs> to be mucked, Glenn. clothes disaster dishes <laughs> the cat uh, I, I, i'm sure you're pretty efficient at it by now it's it's, it's a shovel in an open garbage can <laughs> and that's about it <laughs> if, if if you can make a mess efficiently you can clean it efficiently so <laughs> <laughs> Have you cleaned I, I the kitty that. litter? In fact, I feel like it's more efficient to clean multiple messes than one mess. You might be right because you you might be right about. It. We'll stick with that anyway. <laughs> we'll go with getting that, an Josh. armful of laundry off the floor once is more efficient than like picking up the floor of laundry like seven times. I'm with you. We'll just go with that. <laughs> You're a lawyer. You know better. We'll just go with that. <laughs> All right, everybody, we'll be back tomorrow. Jamie will be here. Don't forget, it's Really Bad Ads Day. Get your Really Bad Ads into Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. We have a $200 total saddle fit girth uh, up for grabs this month. And tomorrow, uh, or actually, got two more weeks. So next week, we'll be drawing the winner on that. So get your entries into Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. Don't forget, if you read the ad yourself, if you record it on your phone and send us an MP3, uh, it'll count. You'll get two entries in for the drawing for the girth so we love to hear your voices doing the ads too plus we're lazy and that gives us less that we have to do so get them in thank you so much timothy horsehubby.com appreciate you stopping by again this month see you next one <laughs>